Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we're looking at Monday here in the NBA, 13 games to choose from. Back to our everyday recording here and programming in the NBA as there's no more in-season tournament. Congrats to those Lakers. But we move on with a little bit more uh, understanding of what to expect here. We're no longer in uncharted territories in the NBA. So looking forward to a solid week here. We got best bets in this one. We also got play-up props up for you in our other video as we're bringing you each and every weekday this season. So uh, make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Also head to thelines.com. Check out that uh, odds finder tool that we have up there. Use that to make sure that you're getting the best juice on all of these props and bets that you are making this NBA season. Nate, let's go ahead and get right into your first best bet here. We're talking Mavs and Grizz. Yeah, I'll take the Mavs on the road. Minus one and a half is all right now because a couple key guys out, uh, Kyrie and Grant Williams. But, I mean, the Mavs have just handled bad teams pretty much all year here, and and Luka is, is on a tear, and Luka has been on an even bigger tear with Kyrie out. The injuries are probably a bigger deal for Memphis, which is one and nine at home this season. Um, and their only win coming against the JV Jazz team, as I mentioned. But most importantly, they are the worst three-point defense in the league. And and they allow 42% at home, not even any better. Um, they limit pain points, but I mean, we know what Dallas does, right? Is, is they get, they, they have Luka draw help, then they get open threes and they cash in. And Dallas defensively is actually allowing the fewest pain points in their last three games here. Derek Lively, great addition in terms of their defense. So Memphis, I mean, they, they were able to get the win without Luka in the lineup in Dallas. Last time these teams met, I mean, Kyrie was supposed to carry the team. He went three for 15 from the floor. Team shot 37%. Um, and, you know, you know, Luka in his last three against this team ha- has pretty much gone off. I mean, he is three averaging 35 points per game, 10 and 10. You can consider the triple-double bets here, plus 230. For a triple double, I, I think you can tack on the money line and go plus four hundred for a triple double for Luca. He did go thirty five, twelve, and twelve at Memphis in a win early this season, uh, and that came despite maybe Marcus Smart's best game for Memphis. Uh, he's obviously inactive now, despite thirty points from Jaron Jackson, who has not been cooking offensively at all. Um, but the Mavs were still able to shoot nearly 50% from three. That's that's the big key matchup we're looking at here is is Memphis's poor three-point defense and um yeah and just Luka dominating. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's there's no defensive matchup for him now that Dylan Brooks is on a different team and it's not like it really matters. I mean, he's playing MVP ball again. You look at the la- the four without Kyrie. I I mean, he has a 36-15 and 18 game against OKC. That was a loss despite the comeback. And that that huge game against Memphis, so I, I just trust Luca to to carry the day here. Yeah, yeah, I have no qualms with it. Um, when I was looking at this game briefly, I, I kind of I was on the same page for sure. I, I think I keep getting scared because I don't know that I understand this Memphis team. I I feel like I understand this Memphis team. I feel like it's just bad. I still would bank on them losing to good teams. It's just obviously like what what are the Mavs throwing at them? And if it's just Luca. I think I'm still okay with it with the, this form of the Memphis Grizzlies. So supporting you on that one, I'll go to my first pick, which I cannot stop finding supporting evidence for. And it's the Magic and the Cavs, and it's an over 225 and a half. And I want to make sure I'm not lying to you about that uh, total there because it might have creeped up overnight slightly. 
and it did yes to 227 and I, I said i would play this up to 229 and a half so even if you see this video a little bit closer to tip and it's it's uh, a bit higher than even 227 i still like the over in this one i think that like i said up to 229 and a half is is playable here and I'm, I'm just it's the context of these two teams playing each other the over just keeps getting better for how these teams keep evolving so uh the last couple have gone over i, I was happy to take an over when they went to cleveland um and that was even a, a little bit lower and that was a situation where they would more likely go under in Cleveland with Orlando on the road and Cleveland at home. But in this situation, Orlando at home scoring 15 more points per game than they are on the road, 121 per game at home versus 106 on the road. Um, they're also playing basically at the same speed, um, but it's also Cleveland on the road scoring a bit more than they than they do at home um, and you know allowing a bit more as well. Pretty much the same, right around 111 points. But um, the pace should be about 100, 101-ish or so, which is a little bit faster than we've seen from these two teams playing as well. And the offense is there's a bit of a mismatch uh, in terms of the, the way that these two teams match up. We're used to the Cavs being this just not allow you to get into the paint, not allow you to score, not even really allow you to get free throws too often uh, kind of team and kind of defense. And that just hasn't been the case nearly as much. In fact, in the last two, Cleveland has uh, allowed 128 points in the paint to this team, scoring 96 themselves, getting completely outscored there. Also getting completely outscored at the free throw line where they're giving up 28 a game, roughly 10 more attempts than they're taking when they play the Magic right now by 18. So there's the I, I do like the Magic in a small spread as well. Uh, it's at about minus one and a half. It opened minus two and a half. People still like the Cavs a bit as a good matchup for this team. But the way that Orlando has been attacking the rim, going to the paint, top three paint team, Number one in terms of free throws, uh, free throw rate on offense as well. Also giving up a lot of free throws, but I prefer the over. But I, I am saying that I like the Magic at home in a situation where they're going to keep getting to the free throw line and they're going to be able to limit what the Cavs do decently well in terms of getting down low. The, the Cavs are really having to score from outside uh, a lot more where Donnie Mitchell has done a lot of the damage. And, and I will talk about him a bit more in uh, player props because we've got no Jalen Suggs and we've got no uh, Markel Fultz, which means we've got plenty more Cole Anthony, which is another situation, meaning more points uh, scored and less defense on the Magic side, especially uh, against uh, the perimeter there. So everything just really lines up for an over in this one. Like I said, played at 102 pace last time. And as far as the Magic winning, they lost by 10 last time. They outscored the uh, Cavs by 11 at the free throw line, but they were outscored at the three-point line by 21 points because they went, uh, they shot 8% from the free throw line and get, uh, went two for 23, right? And then, like I said, they had the 37 free throw attempts, but the Cavs made 14 threes in that last game, and that was the difference right there. So I would go ahead and, and chop that up down a little bit. Maybe you still get a bunch of threes from the Cavs against a, a Rap um, Raptors, against a Magic team that is uh, you know, dwindling its, its roster a little bit on the perimeter with guys like Fultz out um, and Suggs, as we mentioned. So there's there's probably a little bit more likelihood that we're we're seeing some decent threes from the Cavs, but I, you're going to see a little bit of an uptick in threes for the the Magic as well. You can't go eight percent two games in a row. Yeah, I think Evan Mobley is out too, right? I mean, that's He's that's huge yeah. in terms of an over in terms of the Magic winning. Um, and basically everything I was trying to target on Friday with the Cavs Heat over. And then, of course, we have a classic Miami Heat game, regular season game, where they just cannot hit the broad side of a barn and bring no intensity at home, and they did not get to 100. But the Cavs did their job. And, yeah, you mentioned in this matchup, they scored last time against this Magic defense. And, and the Magic offense is really underrated. Uh, it's basically the same thing we were saying. Like, this is not the Orlando Magic you're used to. They're playing faster. They're scoring more. Uh, and at home, they're they're going to be competitive. And they're going to be able to match points with a, a you know, top – top half Eastern Conference team, at least in, in terms of expectations. 
So OKC minus 12 at home against the JV Jazz. Uh, You can take that spread if you want. I think there's an interesting way to do a negative correlation parlay a little bit here, which is just OKC Moneyline and Shea Gilgis under 45 PRA, very high line. Uh, And that gets you actually plus 106. So better than the spread. We know OKC is going to win this game. The Jazz are absolutely putrid on the road. And they're just not even an NBA team when Laurie Markkinen doesn't play. Walker Kessler is also out. A number of other guys that are questionable. Um, and OKC, you know, a, a, when when OKC gets into these games against non-playoff caliber teams, SGA is not going to put up as many stats. Like, you, you look at the game log. He has some weird spikes against Chicago. I mean, I don't know what you, what you want to make of that. But it went way under these numbers in terms of his points assists against Portland, San Antonio, Detroit, playing like 32 um, minutes a game or less, like under 30 minutes. He's actually gone under 45 PRA in seven straight against not the Golden State Warriors. He went over twice against them, and those games were kind of crazy. One one went to overtime, right? One Josh called as an over on Friday, and and it went to like 274. It's just a, a, a situation where... Utah's team defense is so bad that the ISO master SGA is not going to have to like control this game. Like he can just get in where he fits in. I mean, he averages 30 on the season. It's like the spikes come against these really good teams. Yeah. I I don't see him necessarily scoring more than 32 and a half, which is his prop and the peripherals have been going under. Like I said, even though the jazz give up this ridiculous production on the road, I think that actually plays more into the hands of of a balanced scoring attack from OKC who have more guys now um, that can step up alongside him. And then if there's the blowout factor, then you, you feel much better about an under uh, because he's not going to be playing in the fourth. Yeah. Under 45 in seven straight versus not golden state really solid stat. Uh, we're talking about one of the worst uh, um, ISO defenses in the league in the, the dubs. I, 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 this is weird. It probably doesn't mean anything because Walker Kessler isn't in there. Larry Markinen isn't in there. But the Utah Jazz have a top eight isolation defense in the league. I can't make that up. Go look at the ISO stats. So whatever you want to do with that, I mean, it is the type of game that SGA can just kind of do whatever he wants. He's going to be able to see over the defender probably. Uh, If he does get Jordan Clarkson, who's a little bit more sized uh, as a guard, fine. Uh, I would still say that's okay for him. But this game is going to be over before long. Like you said, we just saw this this team get blown the hell out by Dallas. And uh, I, I don't see... I don't see why Shy wouldn't have the exact same success as Luca when he gets into even probably has a little bit more space than Luca has with with a better team around him. So yeah, I, I like the fade. And look, man, this is about to be the cojones to cojones podcast because I'm going under for uh, the other guy, and I'll talk about that a little bit more later for Nikola Jokic. But two of the probably top three MVP candidates, we're going to take some unders because of the spots in these ones. But let me talk about the game that Joker's in and best bets here, and you got to watch player props to see what that prop is. But under two forty one and a half. And I do like the the Nuggets to pull this one out as well, understanding that winning on the road isn't something that they've done uh, you know, too consistently lately. But we're at two and a half, and I think that's why we're getting the value. I, I still don't believe in this Hawks team. I still think it's an entire gimmick. And the gimmick is, like, can we just play fast and, and get out into transition to score more transition buckets than you? And Denver has a good enough transition defense, one of the best. Um, and when they're right, one of the best defenses at home and enough on the road. So, like, I, I like the under because... 
it's just it's a it's a situation where Denver's playing. I think they know that they need to control the pace. They're playing a lot more slowly um, right now, and honestly, it's a bit choppy as well, which is why I do lead uh, with with the under as opposed to just saying straight up, let's just take Denver and have that be the bet. Is because this offense has looked really gross in the last two against better defensive teams. I totally get that, and I, I understand that there might be a little bit more pace than when Denver just played Houston and, and the Clippers, two of the slower, more defensive minded teams which is crazy to say because they have Westbrook and Harden. But either way, like Denver on the road right now, 4-9 to the over. Um, that's the highest under percentage in the NBA. They're failing to cover the over by about 6.5 points per game in that margin of victory, um, against the over anyway. And like I think they know the fact that Atlanta relies on second-chance points. Atlanta relies on fast break, break points. Um, and to a degree, points off of turnovers when they get them as well. If they get that turnover or steal, they're, they're running. Um, but the 104 points per game that Denver has put up in the last two, I still just don't think that they're necessarily capable on the road of putting up like the, I mean, I know they're capable of it, but the way that they're playing right now and the funk that they're in the like 125 points seems a lot less likely for this team right now. Uh, they're able to stop what Atlanta wants to do. And that's why these games have consistently gone under only one over the last six times that these teams have played dating back to 2021 has gone over this number uh, of 241. All the rest of them ended around two, anywhere from 228 to about 235. Um, and I would put this game right at about there again as well, about 235 uh, with the way that I said Denver scoring 108 per, uh, per game on the road versus the 120 that they score at home. And though that's, that difference has been the same, essentially. There's been a pretty stark contrast between their splits in the last few seasons, so this isn't like this weird anomaly. They're playing at the same pace. They're giving up about 110 wherever they play, and that's what I would expect tonight is like a 120-115 type of game for them to be able to pull this one out. Uh, Atlanta, look, 125 per, uh, points per game at home, 119 that they're allowing. I, I t- 120, rather, that they're allowing. Um, excuse me. On, at home, these games are averaging 250 for Atlanta. So let me be very clear that I understand that. Uh, I, I think when you look at the games that they've gone under, it is a better team like this squad here in Denver who knows how to play a little bit better defense than when they're going up against teams that try to st- stick with them. Um, a p- probable lack of Jalen Johnson, their best and most frequent transition uh, b- bucket getter as well, would be another reason to fade the points for Atlanta and to feel good about Denver being able to keep this game in the half court and really control it in a way that like, Atlanta's not going to be able to do what they want. I I think you're crazy for this one for the under Uh, (laughs) just I just I'm not taking it under at Atlanta the way they play Denver's lack of production on the road like they need to get right and get a win I I think I I support the Denver minus two and a half I think that's pretty low for a team that eventually is going to start winning some road games it's not like the Warriors last year that's just literally going to go winless on the road Jamal Murray might finally be unleashed here after a little bit of a like almost an all-star break for the sin season tournament um, maybe I'll support your, your Jokic under, which you're going to say in player props, because he might defer a little more if they get more balance in there with Murray, with Reggie Jackson. But I don't think the Hawks have any interest. I mean, it's not like they're going to be able to dictate things, but they're they're just absolutely scoring and, and letting people score. Didn't they just give up 50 to Embiid? Like this is... Yeah. This is probably has a chance to go to go way high. And you mentioned that they average 250 at home. 
I'd just be scared of the under uh, more so than I'd be scared of taking Denver. Yeah, you, you as well. You should be. Uh, this is a little bit more of a. Do you have it? Uh, do you, Do you believe in it? Do you believe in the game theory? Um, and I do. So I'm going to run with it. But I will split the full unit point three on the under because uh, Nate and, and I are a little bit more in agreement that, about that being less likely. But I still like the point three units on the under two forty one and a half, and I like Denver minus two and a half with the point seven units. Split them a little bit unevenly there, so you feel a little bit more confident about the Denver win by about three points. So, and get into your first NBA play a prop, Nate. Yeah, and I'm sticking with Gordon Hayward for one more game, probably. Oh, no. That's it. I know his points are inflated a little bit. 16 and a half, if you want good odds, you can go 15 and a half for like minus 130. Uh, but I trust him to, to score again. I mean, he had nearly, he had 20 in about two and a half quarters against the Toronto Raptors on Friday when we took him. And he's going to continue to be one of the top options here with LaMelo out. His last four, 22 and a half a game on 26% usage, which is a lot higher than we've seen, even with LaMelo out in recent years. It appears Gordon is healthy for now, as we will say, always the caveat for now. Um, and, and you know, it's a Miami defense that is not that scary. I said Toronto was not that scary on the road. Now you got Miami on the road, and more importantly, <clears throat> without Bam Adebayo. And in their last three without him, uh, they've given up 53 pain points, 16 fast break points. They have the fourth wor- worst three-point defense on the season. They have a 118 defensive rating without Bam. Gordon has had actually had success against this team, even when Bam has been active. And even when LaMelo has been active in his last two, 20 points per game on 71% field goal shooting to be incredibly efficient in just his 28 minutes per game. But like I said, recently, he's been a 1 or 1A option for this Hornets team with LaMelo out. And now we're looking at closer to 35 minutes and and higher usage against a Miami team that's, you know, trotting out Haquez, Caleb Martin, you know, just not the same kind of elite wing defense that we might be accustomed to in recent years. But I don't know. I mean, I think Bam is clearly the bigger deal here. It's like, can you get all the way to the rim or or get something going in the mid-range? He's just the glue that, that holds their defense together, and, and he's not in there tonight. And it makes sense. Not only is he not in there, it looks like uh, both the centers for the Hornets will be out as well in terms of uh, Nick Smith and then Mark Williams, both doubtful to play tonight. And the way that that impacts it is, I mean, if you look at the Hornets over the course of their last four, uh, actually five games, they've had uh, Mark Williams miss a few. Nick Smith Jr. has been missing games. It's been a lot of Gordo offense. They're up to the eighth highest percentage of their points being shot and scored from the mid-range. Who's doing that, right? It's Gordo. He's become the focal point of the offense a bit more in terms of scoring because that's where they need to score from when they don't have their their you know pace guy in Lamelo or their big men down low, uh, which Mark Williams has had a really nice season so far. So I, I like the the fact that they're going to have to go to Gordo, like you said, and that the offense seems to be tailored towards him over the last four or five games, where it's it's what he wants to do is the way that they're setting up the offense. So. Time to to put your uh, to put your balls up and and just sack up here because we're taking Jokic under points thirty one and a half for the defending or two time rather not defending but two time MVP in Nikola under thirty one and a half points he's also my MVP this year uh, notwithstanding but more importantly we've got Jamal uh, Murray back and we've got Aaron Gordon back and that's a big part of it. The way that this team wants to play, especially on the road, is a little bit slow, more slow, uh, which is what I've talked about in the best bets as well. So just the points for him, under 31.5, the 54.5 points, rebounds, and assists is also insanely high. Hawks give up a ton of assists. Jokic has had two monster board games against this team, 18 and 19 boards. But he's never scored more than 26 points against them. And I, I, I'm really, I've been digging to figure out exactly why he doesn't score against the Hawks 
it ain't exactly Clint Capella. There is an idea that John Collins helped out down low uh, and sort of played the, like, I'll take Jokic when he's around the foul line or extended foul line. And then Capella's behind me for sort of that, you know, that, that supporting defense. And that probably worked a lot better than whatever they're going to throw at him tonight, to be honest. But I think this game is a, a little bit less of the like two, 250 style and that the Hawks probably want to play. And they get this down a little bit in terms of pace, the, do the Nuggets, and they get this game down a little bit in terms of scoring and try to keep that defense going. He can get what he wants in the paint. The Hawks are not a good paint defense, and we know that's where he scores from. Um, but against them in his last six, he's averaging 18 a game in 33 minutes a game. He's never once had legitimate foul trouble in any of those six games that I just mentioned, so there's nothing there. Um, he's putting up 53% from the field and 33% from deep, pretty much his averages. Like one for four from, from or one and a half for four from deep is about Jokic basketball, and the 53% is on a lower usage. It's a 24% usage, or 24.5%. So that's where it's like, okay, I guess he's just not shooting quite as much. And he is averaging about five more assists per game when you get Murray and Gordon into the lineup, right? He averages about two and a half more points per game this season without those guys. Averages about five more assists per game with those guys. Very unsurprising there. So I, I shied away from the PRA because he could get 30 and like 15 and 10. <laughs> that wouldn't shock me uh, in any way, shape, or form. But it would, it would shock me if he goes well over the 30 points when I just don't think that's going to be his MO again this team he put up uh in the last two against them against the hawks we're talking about 19 19 potential assists per game because he's passing the ball like that usage is down which means that there's a ton of opportunities for him to pass uh and get those assists which is what he's doing it's what he's choosing to do rather than bang down low against the hawks i wish i had a better explanation i wish i could talk to him and be like is there a reason that you do this um but i don't have a credential for those denver games just yet so i can't get to the root of that but it's just the points is too high in a game that i'm liking a few less points than the expectation no, it's a sharp call. I mean, maybe the explanation is when he plays Eastern Conference teams, I was kind of looking at this to see, like, does his assist spike when he plays the Eastern Conference because they're just not as used to dealing with him and, and how you have to deal with the off-ball movement and, and how the the offense just rotates around him. And maybe there is. Maybe there's a lot of secondary assists happening. Maybe, you know, they double Jokic more, like you said, Collins and Capella paying attention, and then he's able to rotate the ball and the Nuggets, are, they're able to score around him. So I like this call a lot more than your call for under for this game because I think the Nuggets will be scoring a lot. I just think, you know, Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, Porter Jr. are going to start to hit their stride here. They need to get some wins, man. Um, if, you, if, you're, if you're talking about Jokic for MVP again, they, they are struggling, especially on the road. Uh, <clears throat> so we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I don't think he's going to have like a 38-point game. That usually happens when they're missing other guys. And... I'll just throw in there as a bonus pick, and, and it's in best bets, is that SGA under because the OKC Thunder are, are minus 12 against the, the JV Jazz. And uh, that that's that's a 44-and-a-half line there. If you are too faint to take this this fringe NBA player here, Dante Exum, 10 rebounds and assists, plus 105. I'll only say half a unit on this just because he is a very unknown commodity at this point um, who has really not made an impact to this point in his career with with mostly with Utah and Cleveland. Uh, but now we'll see if Dallas is able to kind of integrate him as as a complementary defensive piece alongside Luka. They've been missing that since they let go of Bullock and DFS. And he's starting for Grant Williams, who was kind of filling that role, that very vital role. Um, and, you know, so last two games, he has gone over this with 13 rebounds assists. He spiked to 33 minutes after Kyrie got injured against Portland. I actually had 23 points in that game. I'm not going to trust him as a scorer. I don't. I don't think he has the scoring chops to 
consistently score against a team like Memphis, but he should get assists. They allow the most assists per game to point guards, six and a half over the last two weeks. They have the worst three-point defense in the NBA, uh, does Memphis. So just drive and kick and keep getting those dimes. And I mean, Memphis at home shoots 43%, scores 103. So they're going to give up a lot of rebounds. Uh, They actually give up 46 and a half rebounds in losses versus 41 in wins. Like the Mavs here, I like Luka to dominate in terms of scoring, but Exum to be out there a lot for his defense and and for those peripheral stats. Hey, man, power to you. Uh, did not look at this. Haven't checked out Dante Exum's stats in a while. I think if the usage is there, then let's get it. I've seen some nice things from him. There's been a couple of times where I'm watching the Mavs and I'm like, wait, what? Who's that? Oh, Dante Exa. Look at that really tall athletic guard out there. He doesn't look that bad. Uh, maybe he could play the NBA. He doesn't need any more stints in Australia. But uh, let's see. Let's see what happens. The, 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 whenever you're playing alongside Luca, the ancillary hustle stats are always going to be available to you if you want to go get them and get some more playing time. So we'll see if Exum can take advantage of a situation where he, he could be used uh, big time, and especially if his defense is there. That would be massive. So uh, I'm going to close out with an over for Donnie Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell, uh, in a good situation for him against this Magic team. Now, let's be very clear. If Jalen Suggs was in, might not like it as much, even though Donnie's done just fine against this team, but over 29.5 points for him. I was looking at it last night like, if this comes out at about 28.5, 29, I still think this is a good bet. I think 30 points for Donnie is a really good uh, good spot right now. So uh, he's scored 30, uh, 43 last time against this team. He is averaging 37 against them in his last three outings, um, and that's one of them without Jalen Suggs other two with him so uh, he's still capable of getting over the 30 he's gotten over uh, 30 in all three of them like I said averaging the 37 so um, the usage rate stays high it's it's well it's right about 30 31 percent and on the road same concept for Donnie Um, and really like I said this is heavily predicated on Jalen Suggs because the the slight difference in the way that they're playing the magic without he or Markel Fultz is pretty obvious, right? Like on the season, this team is a uh, third best in terms of limiting points per game to the opposing shooting guards because you've got all-team defender Jalen Suggs and you have another really long, wiry point guard in Markel Fultz who makes that defense like damn near impossible to penetrate with its length from from point guard to center. Um, But without Jalen Suggs in the last seven days, they played without him uh, three different times, which is all their games in the last seven days, and they have dropped all the way down to the third most points per game allowed to the shooting guard position. You've got a lot of Cole Anthony. Um, you've got some mismatches with Franz guarding shorter guys, right? Like there's there's going to be some opportunities for Donnie to just be much faster and or actually bigger or better. When In the in the, the case of Cole Anthony, when he gets the switch that he wants, um, it's another good opportunity for him to score. And, and he's looking to do that a ton. I really thought that the Darius Garland under was going to work out the other day when Donnie came out and scored 15 points in like the first quarter and a half. Um, but then they kind of reverted uh, to the two guard, like your turn, my turn a little bit more. Either way, like, I'm not worried about DG eating into Donnie Mitchell. He's definitely also um, taken a little bit more of a traditional point guard role, has Garland since he came back from injury a few weeks ago as well. Uh, And his potential assists are higher. You see him playing the one really and and not really looking to stand out on the wing and score. That's where Donnie is. uh, And he's also getting the ball at the top of the key as well a lot lately. So I think the points are going to be there in this game. Another 101, 102 pace wouldn't surprise me at all between these two teams, the way they just played, which helped Donnie to get to 43. Um, He's just going to be chucking, man. He's shooting 53%, almost actually, excuse me, 57% from deep against this team in his last three, averaging 10 threes. So if he's going to put up the 10 threes, he doesn't even need to hit six of them. I still feel good about the 30. 
Yeah, I mean, he's one of the few guys where you see a line of 30 and go, yeah, that, that, he could clear that rather easily. Um, like 35-plus, definitely in play here. No Evan Mobley for the Cavs, so you don't have that double rim protection that might have bothered him. Um, I'm sorry, wrong team. But yeah, no no Jalen Suggs, <laughs> that, that's important. But yeah, no Evan Mobley is, is generally good for game state is what we're talking about because Josh likes the over in this game. Right. 225, you're not going to get there without Donnie Mitchell going off pretty much uh, because they, the Cavs are so dependent on him offensively. Yep. hundred percent. The three point shot should be there as well. The, the Cavs, the, uh, the magic have definitely dwindled as well in their three point defense without their good wing players. So that is all the time we have for you in play up props. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Check out the best bets we have up for you as well each and every weekday this season until we see you next. Happy betting. Step it up.